Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi everyone, I'm Austin Bechtold. Welcome to a Bucks Dugout exclusive interview with Jonathan Mayo of MLB Pipeline. Today I talked to Jonathan about who the Pirates could select at number one overall between Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz of LSU, and also MLB Pipeline's updated top 100 prospects list. So Jonathan, right off the top, Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, the two Potential number one picks to the Pirates. Everybody knows who they are. And to be completely honest with you, I'm kind of glad the college baseball season is over because after every single game I watched, I seemingly changed my mind on who I think <laughs> the Pirates should take. At this point in time, before we get into who they should or maybe will take, what do you like the most about Cruz and Skeens in terms of their overall tools and potential? Yeah, I keep... <laughs> keep using the term like there's no wrong answer uh, you know and I'm, I'm kind of answering the question you said we're going to answer later but it's just um it's an interesting year where there are multiple possibilities you know guys who really fit the the build to be a potential number one pick not just those two mind you but especially those two um you know so i'll start with skeins who we just put up you know at number one on our draft top 250 He's, you know, we haven't seen somebody like him in, in, in quite some time and, and, and you don't, it, it's just a, an ability to be a f- top of the top of the rotation kind of guy. I don't like using the term ace because the, there aren't that many of them, but he has that potential. Uh, you know, there's a reason why scouts, you know, whose job it is to nitpick, uh, you know, think he's the best pitching prospects since that, you know, at least since Steven Strasburg, you know, people have mentioned Mark Pryor, you know, they've mentioned Garrett Cole also, but, uh, you know, Skeens has been more dominant in, in his draft season than Cole was at UCLA the year that the Pirates took him number one, you know, it, it's an ability to maintain ridiculous velocity deep into starts, it's, you know, I don't even know how to describe his breaking ball. It's just stupid. And then kind of like with Strasburg, although Strasburg didn't really do this until he entered pro ball, but you know, the one like little complaint was, well, you know, I don't know the change up and then he'll flash a plus change up. You know, he, he has it in there. Doesn't command it quite as well, but it's there. So we're talking three plus pitches um, plus makeup. You know, it, it, he checks off pretty much every box you know, with the small exception of maybe 
years of track record just because, you know, he was a two-way guy at Air Force. But, you know, the flip side of that coin is that there may be, I don't know what more upside there could be, but you, he showed what happened when he just focused on pitching for the first time only this year. So who knows once he gets into pro ball. Cruz has three years of track record in the best conference in college baseball. He's done nothing but hit and drive in runs. He gets on base. Uh, he's proven he can play center field. Uh, you know, I think that was you know, sort of, yeah, even uh, I went back and looked at his report from high school and he was a pretty good prospect, but uh, you know, that was the COVID draft and he knew he wanted to go to college. So he, he removed himself. The one question was, well, you know, he may get a little too physical. Maybe he's better off in an outfield corner. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten faster and he can play center field. So now we're talking about an up the middle player who's going to hit in the middle of a lineup and with, you know, on base skills are ridiculous plate discipline. Um, I think he got on base every game this year. I mean, which is, I don't even, it's crazy. Um, considering teams probably tried to pitch around him, although that lineup was stacked, but, um, so you're talking two guys who performed the highest level of college baseball, uh, you know, got their team to, to win a title. Um, and won't take very long to make it to the big leagues, both of them. So one thing that's just kind of fascinating to me about Skeens, just looking at his overall numbers when he was at Air Force, he only started 15 games right. in two seasons. So are you saying that that should be something that is looked at more in a positive note, that there could be more upside? Or should some people have a little bit of concern that I don't think anybody really – imagine Skeens will be a one-year wonder, but could there be a little bit of doubt in the back of somebody's mind that this one season and not having much more of a track record in college ball is something to point out? I, I mean, I guess it's worth noting, but you know, he didn't start at Air Force because he was catching. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it wasn't because he wasn't good enough to break in their rotation. I think they were trying to figure out the best way to utilize him. Um, while he was still playing two ways. I mean, he was a good hitter. Um, it's almost a shame that pitchers don't hit anymore. Uh, you know, I'm not suggesting that he become Shohei Otani because I don't, you know, I don't think, but there's a lot of power there. It would have been fun to see him hit every fifth day or, or you know, maybe you'll see him pinch hit every once in a while. But Like Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Like, you, you don't necessarily put him in the lineup every day, but it's not like the automatic out that a lot of pitchers have become. But so I, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I think when you're anytime you're talking seriously about a player at the very top of the draft, Austin, it's um, you have to pick apart everything, right? So I'm sure there's been some digging into, uh, you know, all of that, you know, the, the lack of starting history, although it's not like you look tired with this huge new workload, uh, not, not, not in the slightest, you know, when, when his V load quote unquote drops and he's still 98 to a hundred, you know, instead of 99 to one Oh two. Okay. Um, and the funny thing is, is his fastball is not his, is not his best pitch. You know, it's, it's a little true at times and that's something he'll probably work on. But you know, this is a guy who the amount that he learned in this year working with the LSU, uh, coaching staff and they have you know one of the best pitching coaches in the country he he became 
exponentially better as a pitcher. You know, so presumably he'll enter pro ball, continue to get that level of instruction. And, you know, he'll probably, you know, start playing with pitch design a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if he starts seeing more ride on his four seamer up in the zone, you know, because big leaguers can hit a hundred if it's right down the middle of the plate. And he, he commands the fastball very well. So that helps and everything tunnels off of it incredibly well. So uh, it's not a real concern. But, uh, you know, I think he's as close to a finished product as you're going to, as you can, you're going to see, uh, coming out of college. That's why I think you send him maybe to double A to start the year. You know, that's the Strasburg path. He made his pro debut in double A and then he was in the big leagues that year. Uh, but you know, there are scouts who say, you know, us watching skeins down the stretch, like he could get big league hitters out right now. And I believe that. And the same would probably be the case in terms of promoting the promotion of double A for Dylan Cruz, who mm-hmm. true five tool guy, just the, the ability, the availability that he shows just to continuously hit every single day. And it was true. Every single day he got on base Four thirty batter was just insane to be able to do that. And his numbers weren't as great in the SEC, the best college baseball conference around, but still produced like it was nobody else's business and going into the World Series as well. Yeah, I mean, when, when, I think he was hitting f- close to 500 when SEC play started, and he was doing well. And then he had, I don't think it was necessarily, oh, he struggled with the conference because he's hit in conference in the past. He had a bad stretch in May, and then, you know, I think he turned it up some in, in postseason play, and that doesn't concern me. Um, and I'm I'm with you in terms of the who should they take. I vacillate. Uh, all the time. Right now, I'm, at, I'm. I think I'm in camp skeins, mm. um, just because you can't find that very often. Dylan Cruz is going to be very, very good. He may even be a star, but you're more likely to find that kind of player again in the future. All that being said, there is some inherent risk anytime you take a pitcher, just because. Things can go wrong. Guys break down. You know the, the all, all the things you know about pitching risk. But and that's why I sometimes swing back. And like you said, both of them. Yeah, I mean, I think Cruz will start. You know, he, he could hit his way to Double A this summer. Yeah, the Skeens won't won't pitch this summer. I, I wouldn't think. And then uh, you know, both of them would be ready for Double A at the start of next year. I would I would imagine. If not, you know, if not higher. If you if you want to tell me that whoever it is that takes Paul Skeens gives him a chance to win a job in spring training. I, I wouldn't doubt it. It probably wouldn't happen, but I, I don't think it would, crazier things have happened. I've also moved all towards schemes just because of the factors of everybody that has a dominant pitcher into the postseason. At least the teams that have won playoff games have had that horse at the top. And, you know, I want to get into some of the other prospects that the pirates have in the minor league system, but he would be the number one prospect, I would imagine, over Tamar Johnson, over any other pitching prospects, Correct. Quinn Priester, Anthony Solomato that they have. Yeah, not even close. And he would be that that ace, that horse, where a comparison to Cruz, is there any major league comp that you see to him at the moment? Ugh. I hate major league comps. Um, no, but... You know, if you want to pick some center fielders who hit in the middle of lineups, um, 
we were scoffing at someone tried to compare it to Mike Trout, which is absurd. Um, very. You know, I think he has a chance to be a very dynamic offensive performer in that vein, but he's not the defender. I, I mean, I guess Trout's slowed down a little tiny bit, um, but I wouldn't make that comparison. But he could be his team's version of that guy who plays center field, plays it well, hits for average power, you know, does all the things playing up the middle in the, and hitting, you know, in the three, three or four hole. We're talking to Jonathan Mayo of MLB Pipeline. The new top 100 just came out, which included a couple of different pirates in the top 30. I think there was already one guy that came off the list. So Tremar Johnson moves to 29 and Henry Davis to 30. But Anthony Solomato, a new addition to the list into the top 100. I think now 99 after originally debuting at 100. What have you liked from him overall this year as he was pretty dominant down in Greensboro, advanced up to double-A Altoona, and had a couple of good solid first starts. Yeah, I, I mean, y- you follow this system. You know how hard it is to pitch in Greensboro. Um, you know, and I'm not – I haven't even looked at his home road splits, but he, you know, he just was very, very good. And now here we're talking about – what is he? He's still 20, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he's in double-A, and he's gotten off to a very good start in double-A. And – you know, it's a combination that his stuff is ticked up. I mean, he's thrown a little bit harder. Um, stuff is a little firmer, and he's still attacking the zone. Uh, you know, talking to people at the Pirates, they really love how he's attacking hitters. He's always been a guy since he he entered pro ball who has had an idea of what he wants to do. He, uh, you know, he's great at following a game plan. He, you know, he knows how to go after hitters, and the the weapons he has to use to do that or just continue to get better and it hasn't impacted his his command or anything like that so i think you know you're talking stuff is trending up he's always had like that funk and deception and uh, you know i give some credit to to player development folks for not trying to like beat that out of him which may have happened in you know in 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 the past but uh kind of letting him be him and I'm a firm believer, you let a guy do something until it doesn't work, and then you come up with, with different solutions. And clearly he repeats it, and he's throwing enough strikes. And I think that, um, you, you know, so it's those combinations. And, I mean, now he's so young for his level that he is ahead of the developmental learning curve by quite a bit. Henry Davis has played 10 games in the major leagues, and he is arguably the Pirates' best hitter already. <laughs> And that might be partly because Brian Reynolds is on the IL and will be coming back this weekend. But from everything that I've seen from Davis, impressive at-bats. He works the count. He can hit both gaps in the outfield. He's been playing a lot better in right field than I think people would have thought that he would have and just how he's adapted to the Clemente wall. And you can see his arm out and right on display a couple of times as well. It's not been needed to be able to throw runners out at home, but just getting the ball back into the infield. Is this something that people should have expected in Pittsburgh, that Davis would have this type of immediate impact? And what have you seen from him? I mean, that's the hope, right? He was the number one pick. And I know they saved money on him, but he, you know, uh, I don't think anyone doubted that he was going to hit. You know, now it's 10 games, right? And he could have gone, he, he could have gone two for 30, and I'd have the same answer, like, Let's just wait, you know, and see. 
I think he's going to hit. And, you know, for the reason that you pointed out, he is so well prepared for every game, for every at bat, and he sticks to his, his plan, you know, even coming up, you know, and talking to, to player development people when he got called up, the one thing they were sure of is, you know, you didn't know whether he was going to drive in runs, you know, you never know if balls are going to fall or whatever it is, but they knew that he was going to be prepared. He wasn't going to be overmatched by facing big league pitching. I mean, he was going to have the same approach. He wasn't going to try to do too much. Um, you know, the, the sort of, um, strong self-confidence that he has in himself serves him well in that regard. Like he knows he's going to hit and he's not going to stray from what got him there in terms of his, his overall approach while showing, you know, abilities to adjust from at bat to at bat, but even like, you know, he's moved off the plate compared to last year. I mean, by a smidge, right? Cause that, him being on the plate is part of what gives him such great coverage and, and allows him to drive the ball off field. So you don't want to take that away from him, but even just moving back the smallest bit to help avoid injuries, which, you know, hurt him last year is a sign that he's willing to listen to people and adjust while having firm belief in that what he's doing is, is correct. And then in terms of the outfield, I mean, he's, he's really athletic. He runs well, um, so it's not a surprise that he's pretty good, you know, back there, you know, out there. And, you know, and when he was playing it in, in AAA, I was getting reports that it wasn't like he was throwing runners out and things like that. Cause sometimes the opportunity doesn't arise, but he had already on a couple of occasions held guys to singles where it would have been doubles. Otherwise um, his reads and routes have been pretty good. And the biggest thing more than anything is that he's embraced playing out there where I think initially because again, that self-confidence, he wanted to prove to everybody that he could catch. And the Pirates have not given up on that. But I think he realized that that might get him to the big leagues faster. Uh, and it was, and it was what they, and it was what was needed. And he is a good teammate. Um, so I think he, he has em- embraced it. Uh, I still think we're going to, you're going to eventually see him behind the plate. Um, you know, unless of course he's so good out there and he's hitting 350, then maybe he'll be like, all right, you know, this is working for me. So one question, I don't know if you've heard it just being thrown around in the NL central. It seems like forever ago that the pirates and reds played the wild card game in Pittsburgh 2013. <laughs> and it seems like, is there a collision course? Not this year, but that the pirates and reds could be completing could be coming back to a rivalry somewhere to 10 years ago because of players that are emerging. The, the Reds had more so older veteran stars but and the Pirates younger players. But right now the Reds have a plethora of young players, Ellie De La Cruz, McClay. There are so many guys. They keep calling them up. That's crazy. Who do you think at this point, and I know there's still more guys, Andy Rodriguez is not here yet, Quinn Priester is not here yet, Comparing the Pirates and the Reds minor league system and the top prospects that are coming up, who do you like better? It's close. You know, I, I think it's very, very close. And I don't even remember what our farm system rankings were, but I, at the beginning of the year, I think maybe the Pirates were slightly ahead of the Reds. Um, but, uh, it, it, you know, the, I think it was pretty close. And then you had some, you've had some guys on the Reds really kind of 
step up. I mean, Ellie De La Cruz is Ellie De La Cruz. He's kind of a freak of nature and was already kind of in that upper stratosphere. But I think, you know, McLean has been, has, you know, I thought he'd be a, a solid major leaguer, um, but he's been much better. Andrew Abbott has been really, really good. And again, I thought, I'm like, all right, he, he's going to be a, a good major league starter. I love the way he competes, but he's been pitching like, you know, more like a frontline starter as opposed to like a middle of the rotation guy. So I think they've gotten a bit, you know, more contributions than expected. They, they, you know, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand is just crushing the ball in AAA and there's no place for him to play in the big leagues. And, you know, that, that's the sign of things going well. And I think, you know, in, 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 here in Pittsburgh, the, that's what you want to accomplish. You know, it's happening in Baltimore where you, you know, get this group of players at the upper levels and they're competing and there's, and then there's a log jam because the competition brings out the best in players. And then you can sort of figure out where maybe you, you know, if you're in buying mode and you're competing at the big league level, where you can trade from because the, those teams that are kind of rebuilding will want those guys who are close to big league ready. And then they, you know, so it's, and I think both the reds and the pirates are, are, are starting to get there. Um, you know, based on performance this year, maybe the reds are a, you know, a tiny bit ahead of the pirates. Um, but you know, and some of the pirates call-ups were out of necessity. You know, I don't know that you would have seen Nick Gonzalez in the big leagues. Um, if there, if there weren't a need, you know, and he's shown some of the things that he's capable of doing, you know, uh, it's good for him to get the opportunity, you know, and I think the pirates are in a state now where if those guys do really well, um, you know, if, the, if, the, if he's going to stay, even if it was meant to be just an injury replacement, like I, I you know, I don't think you're going to, uh, see him get sent down necessarily, uh, you know, but you know, sometimes there's necessity and you don't have anyone to call up. You know, the fact that they had a Jared Triolo who could come up and just fill in for Cabrian Hayes, and it's not like, oh, we've got to push him up before he's really ready, is another sign, you know, in terms of the strength of the farm system. But the Pirates for a while now have been more more depth than sort of high-level, elite-level prospects. Um, you know, some of that may depend on what, uh, you know, what... Um, you know, what how how Tamar Johnson develops, you know, and there's some other guys who I still think have a have a chance to be very productive big leaguers. So Jonathan, you have a new book coming out, Smart, Wrong, and Lucky. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it uh it's kind of a it's kind of a a a love song for for scouts. I spend so much time talking to scouts and they all have these incredible stories. Um they're a humble sort. So they tend to like to tell the stories of guys they missed on, you know, like, Oh, I should have drafted that guy, but they also have stories or tell the stories about other scouts who saw something in a player who was a little, you know, was undervalued by the industry, uh, who then went on to become MVP, Cy Young award winners. And, you know, so Albert Pujols is probably the guy that most people think of because, you know, 13th round pick, you know, out of his junior college, uh, you know, in the Midwest and, and he went on to become Albert Pujols, uh, but you know, Jacob Degrom, who was a shortstop in college and didn't really pitch until his junior year, was a late round pick. 
Lorenzo Cain, one of my favorite stories, because he didn't play baseball of any sort until his sophomore year of high school. Huh. Um, you know, Ian Kinsler, Shane Bieber, uh, Joey Votto. Uh, it's a good scouting story. I and mean, he was a second rounder. Charlie Blackman, also a second rounder. But Charlie Blackman was a pitcher and didn't hit until his senior year of college. You know, so now when I was doing all these, all, all this work on all these chapters, I would ask scouts every single time, like, okay, now, now's your chance to say, I knew, I knew Charlie Blackman would win batting titles. You know, I knew that Jacob deGrom would be the best pitcher on earth. And they're, they're too smart for that. You know, the game has humbled them too much and, and it's hard to scout, but I wanted to shine a light on the work that they do and the work that these players did, you know, because to a man, all of them exceeded expectations. And a lot of that had to do with their internal makeup. Smart, wrong, and lucky. Where can we find it? When can we find it available? It's officially out on July 11th. You can pre-order it now wherever you uh, may find books. You know, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, and then hopefully you'll be in. You know, you'll be walking in the airport, and you'll walk by a bookstore, and you'll see it on a shelf somewhere. Jonathan, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Appreciate your insight. Um, the draft is only a couple weeks away. It's coming. If, if that, that's less than less than two weeks. The draft and the futures game all at the same time. What a week. Very exciting stuff. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on TV in the next couple of weeks and for the draft and seeing what the Pirates are going to do at 1-1. All right, Austin. Thanks very much. 